There's so many people out there who sit on the boards of nonprofits and nobody looks at their side hustle and says, you shouldn't be doing that. It all comes down to how effective can you be with your time, how balanced you wanna be with your life, and do you have room to fit these things in? Because at the end of the day, we all have 168 hours per week. We have to spend a bunch of that time sleeping, a bunch of that time working. What do you want to do with the extra time? If you don't have the time, you ask yourself those questions. Maybe now's not the time. Maybe there's a time in the future where it will be realistic. And then give yourself that grace of understanding what your capacity is and what you can actually take on. Welcome, welcome to the Micro Influencer Podcast, the show where you'll get real marketing secrets straight from the experts' mouths to help you grow your influence. I'm your host, Blake Emmel. On the podcast today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Steph Caldwell, who is going to enlighten us on side hustles, talking about what you can actually take on and within your side hustle, how you can actually provide good customer service regardless of what you're doing. This is a fantastic episode. If you are on the fence about starting a new project and if you think you have time or not, this will really give you some good answers as to what you should do. So without further ado, let's start learning with Steph. Today on the podcast, we have Steph Caldwell, who is going to tackle a bunch of different subjects with us today. We're going to be discussing things like side hustles and authenticity and customer experience, kind of the whole gamut, but I'm really excited about this one. But Steph, before we get into it, I do want to give you a chance to Give some context about yourself. Basically, if you could just tell us first and foremost what your career path has been to this point, where you got started, and how you got to where you are now. Happy to do that. And thanks for having me on the show. So my career path, if you just looked at it on LinkedIn, might be confusing to somebody who doesn't know kind of where I'm headed. So I started, you know, my first internship was in recruiting, right? I worked at a staffing firm where I was recruiting people and and helping place them in jobs. Mm. And then in my professional career, I moved from being a business analyst to working in a sales and marketing role to then working in a product management role and a channel development role to now where I sit, which is in customer success. And so again, you know, any person would look at that experience and be like, huh, this girl's really, you know, been all over the place Mm. in terms of her experiences. But the way that I look at it is I'm collecting the experiences necessary to make me the most ultimate general manager or CEO of a business. And I think that, you know, really, really incredible leaders can empathize with their people in any department. And so I've really navigated my career path by by creating opportunities to have those experiences so that when I do become, you know, the leader and and I am, you know, in my side hustle, that I can really empathize and and create good experiences across departments. Uh, That's a, that's a pretty unique, uh, viewpoint, I guess, because most people, when they go into a side hustle are basically just looking to make money. That's, I mean, that's the the facts of the matter. And and I love that you're really more like people focused. You're, you're people customer centric. That's going to bode really well for you down the road and, and going to be great for our, our audience as well, because I think it's a really important message to hear. And before we dive too much more in detail, I do ask everybody, what do you consider to be your professional superpower? I think adaptability and tenacity. So whatever the baby is of those two words, that's me. Adaptinacity. Adaptinacity. Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, I, I believe and truly 
like live out every day that everything is figure outable mm-hmm. and having that mentality and then also having the willingness to get up every day and take one step forward, even if that step is very uncertain, I think is is what sets me apart in my professional career as well as in my side mm-hmm. hustle. Awesome. Well, I know that you do work full-time at Narrative Science, correct? So you've you've already got the full-time job. Now you you also have the side hustle thing going on. And obviously the word side hustle itself is self-explanatory. You understand that it's something you're doing on the side. You already have a full-time job, but it's another thing to actually help people understand how you can do that. And so you're in a unique position where you can discuss that a little bit with us. I'm curious right now, what does your day-to-day look like? I mean, that, that, that may be a bad question because right now we're going through all this coronavirus stuff and everybody's normal is completely out of whack. But normally, how are you balancing having a full-time job that's, that's demanding where you're trying to learn skills and grow and you're doing a side hustle at the same time? That's a really good question. And because my side hustle is helping women optimize their lives and kind of step into the woman they were born to be, I talk about this often. It starts with boundaries. I am ruthless about my boundaries. And I know specifically what my dream day looks like, which starts with, you know, putting my physical and mental health first through practices like yoga and journaling and meditation and making sure that I set myself up for a successful day because my days are strenuous. Mm. Then, you know, I go directly from kind of my self-care routines into working at narrative science where, you know, my, my day really changes. I'm in customer success. So it depends on, you know, what the customer problem is or what Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, advice is that I'm giving to any other department to ensure that our customers have a great experience. And then my day kind of ends, you know, between five and six o'clock when I transition over to working for Manifest full time. And I think it's an important distinction. A lot of side hustlers are like, oh, it's, you know, it's my side hustle. To me, Manifest is, is something that I would love one day to be the hustle. Right. And so the way that I am orchestrating, you know, my team and orchestrating our client experiences is such that, you know, we're setting ourselves up for a broader future. So I tell my husband all the time, I work, I work two full-time jobs. It's just that the hours are distributed differently. If you look day to day, Saturday and Sunday, full-time manifest Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, full-time narrative science. So it's a, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work, but I'm doing it because all of these things bring me joy. So it's a choice. And I choose kind of every day to spend the time doing those things. I have, I have many questions following up on that, but I'll start with from the company's viewpoint, because there are a lot of companies out there that are at their very roots, very entrepreneurial. So they're okay with people having side hustles. They understand it. Then there are a lot of traditional businesses, probably the majority of businesses that actually look at that and say, why aren't you giving us a hundred percent of your time? So how, how do you go about if, if you were in that position of working for a traditional company, like many of our audience is going to be right now, but you want to do a side hustle. How might you convince your employer or your company that it's actually a good thing for you to have your own little side project? So at Manifest, we talk about the people in our lives as expanders, people that are the validation that you need to prove that that success that you're seeking is possible for you. I think when I started with Manifest, I wasn't sure how to communicate this idea to my company that I was going to be doing something on the side. Mm. And, you know, when I first started, it was small enough that it was just a few hours a week where I was, you know, planning events to bring women in Chicago together, that it was really manageable. And now it's become a little bit more of who I am, obviously. 
And so to answer your question, I think it's find someone who can be an expander for you. What I found the second I started my side hustle is I was actually more effective and an even better employee of narrative science because I was thinking like a business owner. And at Narrative Science, that's something that they really value and they respect. They say, I mean, we are all owners of Narrative Science in a sense because we have you know, equity positions mm-hmm. in the company. But it's difficult when you're working for someone to really feel that ownership. And when I started working at Manifest and every dollar that was going out the door was mine and I was you know, mobilizing a team in all these directions so we could achieve these outcomes, I started applying all of that at Narrative Science. So Narrative Science isn't getting, you know, Two years ago, Stephanie, pre-side hustle value anymore. Mm. They're getting full-blown like superpower value out of me because I've got these two lives and they're teaching me and informing one another. So find an expander who is the validation you need, understand their story, and then communicate that to your company so that you can help them realize that you're not going to be splitting your time. You're actually going to be even more effective in all the time that you spend, regardless of where you're spending that time. I love that. I've never heard the concept of an expander. So kudos to you. That's, that's awesome. But even not original work, but that's fine. And expanding even further though, you're probably a, a proponent of everybody having a side hustle, right? But I'm curious if I were to play devil's advocate, is there anybody out there that actually should not consider doing something on the side? This is a really good question. And the president of my company actually has asked me a little bit about my side hustle and and why I'm able to manage these things. Realistically, I'm a dog mom, I'm a narrative scientist, and I'm a side hustle entrepreneur, and I'm a wife. And those identities are really easy for me to manage and balance. Mm. If I was a real mom, if I was a full-time philanthropist, if I was super involved on, you know, a nonprofit board or super involved in other companies' boards then it would be really difficult for me to balance all of these things. But my point to the, the president of narrative science, when he asked me that question was, there's so many people out there, right, who sit on the boards of nonprofits and nobody looks at their side hustle and says, you shouldn't be doing that. Hmm. So again, it all comes down to how effective can be, you be with your time? How balanced do you want to be with your life? And do you have, do you have room to fit these things in? Because at the end of the day, we all have, I think it's 168 hours per week. We have to spend a a bunch of that time sleeping, a bunch of that time working. What do you want to do with the extra time? If you don't have the time, you you can't fit more stuff into the day than is actually possible. So ask yourself those questions and figure out like, what are you trying to get out of this? And is it realistic that you even pursue this? Maybe now's not the time. Maybe there's a time in the future where it will be realistic. And then give yourself that grace of understanding what your capacity is and what you can actually take on. I would love to expand more into the side hustle area here. Usually when we're talking about side hustles on this podcast or elsewhere, we're, a lot of times it goes to growth hacking and things that you can do, like tools you can use to growth hack your way to the top. That's very tangible stuff that you can, I mean, you could go find stuff on Google and do that, but I would love to take this a more intangible route and talk more about the intangibles that are necessary to grow a side hustle and make it successful. I know that one of those things that you're a big proponent of is raw authenticity. So I would love to just pick your brain on that, what, what that really means to you, how you can use it for your side hustle, and how you can actually use that to your advantage to grow. So when I think about raw authenticity, it is 
truly inspiring people through your own story. And everybody's story is, in my opinion, their intellectual property, right? The experiences that you've had can expand others. We just talked about being an expander. Mm. When we started Manifest, what was raw and authentic to me was I don't want to build a growth hacky business. I don't want to build a seven days till skinny business. I don't want to build something that is not sustainable. I wanted to build something. I mean, I do want to build something that impacts women at scale across the world. Mm. And that's a really, really big vision, right? And so what was authentic to me is taking that 10-year vision cast that I have for our business and then breaking it all the way down into what was tangible and executable the next day. And there are practical matters that allow you to move, you know, allow you or prevent you from moving forward. You know, capital is something that I think a lot of side hustle entrepreneurs need to think about. Am I self-funding this business? Is it going to be bootstrapped? If it's going to be bootstrapped, how much cash do I have in reserves that I'm willing to invest in myself and in my team that I'm putting together? And for me, the answer to that was $5,000. So if I have $5,000 and I have a vision that is freaking massive, then what specifically can I deliver in the next 90 days that's going to set me on that path? And so for us, it was, let's bring 10 women together, all ambitious women from around Chicago, and let's get them to share their stories and let's provide them with value. Let's ask about their biggest dreams and let's have them do our goal setting program so that we can get them started moving in those directions as well. So to me, again, raw authenticity is you have this big vision, you have this big dream, or, or you don't, you know, depending, choose your own adventure, <laughs> but how can you be really true to yourself and like what you are able to take on so you can start moving that vision forward? And ex- expanding on that, like, I know that when, when, at least when I am listening to a podcast or reading a book and it says, you need to be yourself, you need to be authentic. To me, that comes across as like, okay, that's, that's go good and well, but can I have examples of what that actually means? Because I'm myself all the time. Sometimes I might edit myself a little bit for certain people, but like, could you give examples online? Like if, for example, in different formats of posting on social media, like what's an example of a way that I could come across as authentic versus scripted or, or like, do you have examples of what that actually looks like when you're being authentic? So the way that we extract that out of our community members and, you know, ways that I think about how I can show up as, as raw and as authentic as possible for the people that follow me or follow our business is by asking the questions that nobody would ask you in like a traditional networking environment. Like, what are you most grateful for in your life? What are you most proud of in terms of all the accomplishments that you've had to date? Where are you struggling the most? What makes you nervous or scared? What's your biggest dream for life? Why aren't you pursuing that? You know, so getting kind of beyond the surface level questions that you would normally answer or talk about with a Mm. stranger and getting deeper into who you are, what drives you and what motivates you and what your bigger purpose is on this planet. So I think that if you start asking yourselves those questions and getting really in touch with who that person is within you, then you can start showing up more raw, more authentic, you know, online, even in conversation offline, but it's, it's kind of answering those questions as opposed to staying where most people stay. 
Do you, do you have any tips for people that are really shy or scared about sharing vulnerabilities in their life on how to get over that? Like, do you have any questions that they should be asking themselves or exercises they should be putting themselves through to get to a point where they can actually share that about themselves? So the most effective professional and personal tool that I've been exposed to to help me feel safe in being raw and being authentic is literally calling it out. So I remember specifically two years ago, maybe maybe a little longer, I was um, about to present a financial model to a former McKinsey consultant who knows how to do incredible financial models, right? I've never mm. been trained. He's exceptionally trained. I walk into this meeting. I'm nervous AF yeah. that he's going to look at my dumb, stupid little model and judge it and critique me and, and make me feel really terrible about it. And so I walk into that meeting and I say, I'm feeling really vulnerable right now. I know that you are really skilled here and I'm not. And I'm putting forth the effort and I'm putting in the work, but I want you to know where I'm coming from because if you judge me here, it's going to break trust. But if you support me here, it's going to build trust. And so I felt shy, I guess, quote unquote, in that mm. moment saying that, but it opened the door for a more effective conversation. So if you're shy, if you're feeling really vulnerable, my guidance to you and the best guidance I've been given is just call it out. Let people know where you're coming from so they can show up for you and, and tell them, show up for me in this way so that we can, we can build this together because this is a really scary moment for me. I love that. And, and I would love to go even deeper in terms of what, what you do a lot at narrative science and what I think you're really passionate about as well is just improving customer experience as well. Just shifting a little bit from the authenticity part, but I'm, I'm sure that that plays a huge role in this, but I, I think you, you view customer service more as a marketing tool than, than anything. I'm curious, like, how do you use customer experience? How do you use things like word of mouth, those authentic communications that are person to person as a marketing tool? So again, I think going back to this idea of raw authenticity, it's really, really easy in business to forget that the person on the receiving end of your product, your service, your communications is an actual human who has actual motivations and dreams of their own. And when you think about, oh, we should run this marketing campaign or, oh, I'm going to do sales outreach that's super abrasive, or I'm going to treat all my customers the same. They're just not, right? Our customers are people just like us. So I'm always flipping the script. If I was on the receiving end of this communication, if I was on the receiving end of this call, how would I want to be communicated with? How would I want to be supported? And then with narrative science specifically, the challenge there is to design that at scale so that we can grow our business exponentially. The challenge at Manifest is, right now still kind of delivering those one-offs and figuring out how do we scale this? What would scale look like for us? But it really ties, to me, customer experience ties together that raw authenticity with just this belief that, that people are people and, and you need to treat them like people in order to affect the outcomes that you both want. This kind of begs the question then, not to get too deep into it, but with, with authenticity being one of your core values, but you're trying to scale your side hustle at some point, a lot of people would look at scaling anything as basically being inauthentic. Because if you think about what that really means, it's trying to serve the same 
instance or similar instances to a bunch more people automated instead of trying to do everything personally. So how do you maintain authenticity when you're trying to scale things and make it easier on your business? Like this question is the best question I think I've ever been asked. Well, thank you. Because the answer is, it's not about me and what I want. It's not about nerd science and what we want. It's not about manifesting mm. what we want. It is about the customers and if and how we can help them. And what we've, the feedback we've received both at Narrative Science at Manifest is that our technology is changing their lives. Our programs is changing their lives. And so when I think about what I want to accomplish in my life and the impact that I want to have on this world, it's impact at scale. If I can change people's lives for the better and and, and trust that the people on the receiving end of my messages, my products and services are leaning in because they believe that this thing can help them, then it's my obligation to scale that raw authenticity, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. No, that, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And, and certainly, I think there are ways that you can maintain your authenticity and your genuine voice, even when you're trying to scale things. But it's certainly a challenge. And I, I think we, we might have to have to come on another time to go even more in depth into that because we're, I think we're running a little bit short here. But before we hop off, I do want to give you a chance to talk about what you're working on, what side hustles you have in your life. If you have anything that you would like the audience to check out, time is now yours. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. So I'm really, really proud and excited that Manifest is going to be releasing a book this summer. It's called Manifest Her, The Ambitious Woman's Guide to Getting Unstuck navigating the ambiguity of your post-prescribed life and manifesting your biggest dreams. This is truly my raw authenticity coming through, talking about a, a really challenging time in my career that left me feeling very stuck and how Manifest, my company, really became the catalyst to me getting unstuck and to starting to pursue something, you know, my, my bigger mission in life. So that's dropping this summer. And I would love for anybody listening to check it out. There's a lot of really tactical, really practical, pragmatic tools for figuring out kind of how to move yourself from, from feeling stuck to, to a place where you're really kind of marching in the direction of, of what your biggest dreams are for life. Well, I wish you all the best of luck. I'm, I, am I still, can I read it? Yes, you can absolutely I, read okay. it. I literally say at the beginning of the book, this is really meant for women, but if you're a man reading this, there are tools for okay. you in here. So I hope you'll enjoy it if you pick it up. I'll, I'll definitely pick up a coffee and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Where's, where's the best place for people to find you online so that they can chat you up and talk to you about the book? So I spend most of my time between LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can find me at by Steph Caldwell, S-T-E-F, Steph with an F, pretty much any platform. So Instagram, by Steph Caldwell, LinkedIn, Steph Caldwell, and then you can check out Narrative Science at Narrative Science, uh, both on Instagram and LinkedIn. Same thing, Manifest. Uh, it's Manifest on LinkedIn and Manifest.her on Instagram. Thank you very much, Steph. Again, Steph Caldwell from Narrative Science and from Manifest. Check out the book Manifest Her coming this summer. Keep you up to date on that one. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope you get to come back on again. Thanks for listening to the Micro Influencer Podcast. The show has received so much positive feedback and I've had so many great guests come on that the show is officially moving to three episodes per week. 
Two of the episodes will be the guest interviews you've come to love, featuring pros who have tested out what you're doing now and can save you years of your time with their advice. The third episode each week will be a much shorter snippet of my learnings and advice for the week. Please support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review, or sharing an episode with a friend or colleague. And if you have any questions or just want to see what this thing is that I'm building, visit microinfluential.com. You can even listen to the website. That's microinfluential.com. Have a fantastic day.